Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. David Woods uh, with 247, the Bruin Report, joins us on 365 Sports David, how has that hire, I know it's a popular hire, but uh, was it the right hire, in your opinion, considering the circumstances? Considering the circumstances, UCLA really, uh, there, there weren't a lot of good options. You weren't going to get a sitting head coach this cycle. Um, even looking around at the coordinators who were available, it, wasn't, it was slim pickings in February. Um, I think it's a gamble. I mean, I think they're going with Deshaun Foster, and he's got some positives for sure. Um, Being an alumnus, the UCLA job is probably at its lowest level in the hierarchy of college football in a long, long time. So somebody who's willing to do an excavation project, who's really willing to try to do fan engagement, do donor engagement, do all the nitty-gritty infrastructure work for the program is pretty essential right now. And I think Deshaun, as an alum, as a you know a UCLA great, uh, I think he can play that role for UCLA, and uh, you know hopefully over the next year or two, uh, really start to put the uh, the groundwork for uh, some sort of resurgence for the program. David, uh, they don't have as much NIL as you would think a school that's of UCLA size and and age and and moving on to the Big Ten do. Uh, They don't seem to have had any motivation or spend any real money on football over the years like some of their counterparts do. Can an alum who loves UCLA help inspire that in not only the alumni community but in the administration of that university? I think it's possible. I think um, one thing that's – uh, I think everyone uh, thinking about UCLA nationally because the story needs to understand is Chip Kelly did a lot of damage to the program. Uh, he didn't do any of that work, any of the donor relations, any of the fan engagement stuff that's essential 
especially in this modern era of NIL, you need fans, not just buying season tickets, not just donating to the athletic fund, but donating to NIL, giving money that's not tax deductible, uh, and really feeling engaged in the program at that level. And Chip Kelly didn't do any of that. So UCLA lagged behind. And yes, there were administrative failures too. They should have been pushing Chip Kelly to do more of that. But I think a coach who's willing to do the donor outreach, I think they're going to find people willing to spend money. Um, It's going to take some work, though. There's education of donors at UCLA that hasn't happened, that's happened at, you know, all the SEC schools, all the Big 12 schools, that hasn't happened at UCLA. Um, And just all that stuff that was happening at other schools two years ago now needs to happen at UCLA. So they're behind, but there's no reason why they can't figure it out with Deshaun Foster. David, uh, the initial reaction by the team seemed to be incredibly positive. Um, now, though, you have that window of, of players being uh, available to hit the transfer portal. Just what is sort of the feel on roster retention and just the overall reaction as, as a few days have passed now to this hire from a team standpoint in your mind? Um, it was a very, very popular hire among the team. That was actually a significant factor for Martin Jarmond, uh, the athletic director, in who he was picking. Uh, immediately after Chip Kelly told the team last Friday, a bunch of them took to Twitter X uh, to share that they uh, wanted Deshaun Foster to be the new head coach. Uh, That was a significant factor in Jarman doing this. And then there were guys that we were thinking might jump into the portal, um, and they had the opportunity starting Tuesday afternoon. And nobody has at this point. At this point, I don't expect maybe a couple – but I don't think people who were intended to play major roles on next year's team are going to be jumping into the portal. I think it's uh, it's looking pretty good based on uh, just the popularity of Foster's hire. You know, David, uh, with Kelly not getting as involved in that, it seemed like that Foster would be a natural at that, would he not? And also that boosters and donors would respond to him even better? Yeah, I would say from that second part you said, um, the response to him, um, I think that's going to play a major role. you got to understand, for Deshaun Foster, he's he's one of those guys that's popular with everyone he meets. He's a super nice guy, um, and a lot of people who are tied to you know UCLA, they're in their 50s and 60s. They remember when Deshaun Foster was you know going out there and bowling over guys in the late 90s. So he's He's significant, and that popularity among the booster set at UCLA is significant. I think for him, he hasn't done a lot of that either. He's not been a fundraiser. He's not um, been in that role. Um, He's never been a head coach, never been a coordinator. So there's going to be learning on the job that he has to do. But if you watched his news conference, the enthusiasm, the passion kind of pours out of him. I think that's going to play with donors. I think it's going to play with the well-moneyed folks at UCLA. And I think it will have a positive impact on UCLA's NIL. When did it start to sour with Chip Kelly? (laughs) Now, that's a question. Um, (laughs) Year one? Really? Yeah, here's the thing with Chip Kelly. If you go back and look at his tenure, uh, he went three and nine in year one. And there was a lot of stuff that he just kind of pushed fans away, uh, did away with a lot of traditions around the program. Um, closed practices that had previously traditionally been open at UCLA uh, the first two weeks of fall camp. Under Jim Mora, you always had the opportunity to go out and watch. Under Chip Kelly, you couldn't. Um, There were traditions like Bruin Walk going into the stadium. Suddenly, you couldn't do that either. Um, So there was just a lot of stuff like that, and then they just didn't win. 
Um, and then over the course of his six years at UCLA, UCLA recruited at its lowest level in the modern recruiting era. You know, our website does it, but since people have been doing rankings, he's recruited at the lowest level that UCLA ever has. And that was before NIL became a thing in the last couple of years. So on top of all of that, um, when it became very bad was essentially this season. Uh, UCLA was expected to be decent. And instead, uh, in November, they lost to Arizona and then a very bad ASU team uh, at home in November. UCLA was very close to firing him at that point. They chose not to do that. And that's looking probably like a mistake because uh, then over the next couple of months, he interviewed for basically every single open offensive coordinator job at the NFL level and then didn't get any of those. And then uh, his uh, former quarterback, Ryan Day, hired him at Ohio State. David, uh, the I guess jump from being a position coach to a head coach, he's been a coach now for a decade, but um, I guess in comparison to maybe other head coaching hires out there, there is a, a, a difference uh, when it comes to just his level of experience. How much of a, I guess, topic was that in terms of the hire and what level of concern, if any, is there in regards to that specifically? From my personal angle, and I think some fans, uh, it's a lot of wait and see because I do think that's a legitimate concern that he hasn't. I mean, he hasn't really overseen anything beyond a running back's room at this point. It's a big difference going from, you know, six or seven guys to 85 plus the non-scholarship guys. Um, So that's a big deal. Um, I think for the administration, um, they had other options that were, you know, coordinator level. Um, Tony White, who's also a UCLA alum, is the current defensive coordinator for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the, he checked more of the experience boxes, um, but I think the administration really prioritized the continuity that Foster would have from the roster standpoint. And also, and this was a not insignificant factor, uh, UCLA's budget situation is not in great shape. Foster, you could get him a little bit cheaper. And then on top of that, it's expected that he'll retain quite a bit of the assistant coaches from Chip Kelly. Uh, and so they don't have to pay buyouts on those assistant coaches, which sounds ridiculous, I think, for a lot of SEC schools. But given UCLA's financial reality, that actually was a factor. I was going to ask you about his staff and, and uh, how much he would have to, I guess, renovate or maintain or whatever. But it sounds like a lot of that. Are there any names on the table for any of the major positions or are those all right now set? I expect defensive coordinator is going to be set. That's a Kaika Malloy who took over for Danton Lynn at the end of last year. He was the defensive line coach last year for that great group of defensive linemen, Leatu Latu and the Murphy twins. Uh, he's probably going to retain as the defensive coordinator. Um, they've got an open linebackers job right now. Uh, Ken Norton Jr. left for the NFL. The big one is offensive coordinator. Uh, that's one where we've heard a lot of names. Uh, David Shaw, his uh, son, is a walk-on in the program right now. There was talk that he might get a look. Um, but there's a few different options. I don't think they're in a super rush. they got to get it figured out in the next couple of weeks. But uh, at UCLA, spring ball doesn't start until April. Uh, most years. So they have a little bit of time before they need to land the offensive coordinator. Why are they, I mean, is it just success? Why they're not as cool a place to be as USC has been for LA kids for, for all this time? Yeah. I mean, it's UCLA historically recruits. Well, um, it's historically like a, probably a top 20 ish uh, recruiting program. NIL has changed it. 
but USC is, it's a different beast. I mean, when USC is on, they're recruiting at a top five level. And, you know, even when UCLA is doing well, a lot of these kids grow up USC fans. They don't necessarily grow up UCLA fans, but that's all, that's all soft stuff. The reality is UCLA is still an attractive destination. They have to get their NIL right, but there's a lot of kids who want to come play in LA. There's a lot of kids who want to be near the beach. There's a lot of kids who want to be in, you know, close to Beverly Hills. Uh, that's attractive for a lot of 18 year olds. So I think all of those factors, it can work to UCLA's advantage, um, but they have to get the money right. Recruiting has become so much more of an NIL game now. And yes, all the old like relationship building stuff that's important in recruiting still matters, but you got to have the money. And uh, that's, that's got to be Deshaun Foster's job over the next, probably over the next 12 months. The season's probably not going to be very good, but if he gets the infrastructure stuff right, uh, then they can start uh, building towards a pretty good 2025. Is, is This seems like I probably know the answer to this, but asking anyway, is a, a majority or a large chunk of who they recruit or their roster from Los Angeles or in California? In an ideal world, yes. Um, and I think for the most part, that's always been true for UCLA. I think Chip Kelly, um, he he used some of the geographical advantages of UCLA, not all of them. I think even more of the roster could and should come from California. I mean, it's a the state of, I don't know, 40-plus million people. Uh, UCLA, when it's doing well, is drawing most of its talent from Southern California and Northern California. Um, and if, you know, Deshaun Foster, I think that's got to be the baseline of success, especially in the transfer portal era, because if you look at, you know, who UCLA has had transfer out over the last three or four years since that became a big thing, so many of them are the kids they got from out of state. Now, I'm not saying in-state kids aren't going to transfer out of your program, but they've got more reason to stay. Um, and so those things that were always kind of true, I think they become more true in this era where players can just kind of move around as much as they want. David, if you don't want uh, mind, one question about uh, Cronin and, and the basketball team. There was a time where sure. I thought every time I looked up, they were losing. I think they lost. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they played good people, some of the non-conference games, but they were in a horrific like 9 of 11 slide of not winning. This is UCLA. They have righted the ship a little bit with five consecutive wins. Who are they, in your opinion? Uh, they are a very, very, very young team. And what we saw, if you remember back in Mick Cronin's first year at UCLA, they were, I think, 8 and 9 in the middle of January because, again, it was a very, very young team. And Mick Cronin, if you know anything about him as a coach, he takes – it's a lot to play for him. It's very demanding. You've got to learn exactly how he wants you to play on offense and exactly how he wants you to play on defense. And this team took a long time to learn. But like that first team, they hit a run right after they hit rock bottom in January, and they were looking like they were going to uh, make the NCAA tournament before uh, COVID happened. This year – they're on a bit of a run now. They've gone seven and one in the last eight games. They've got five of the last seven at home um, and the two on the road. They're both quad one opportunities at Washington and at Washington State. If they continue on this hot streak, they might very well make the NCAA tournament. And I think given where they were in mid-January, I think every UCLA fan will be uh, pretty ecstatic. David, good stuff, man. Glad we got you on. I know it's been a crazy busy week for you and, and what you're covering with basketball going on, but also with the Deshaun Foster. David Woods with us from the Bruin Report. This has been a Rogue Media Network 
Tschüss.